0: Welcome to another episode of The Grove Podcast. Hope you're having a great week so far. Um, our guest today in the studio is Reverend Matt Phipps. Matt, it's good to see you, man. It's good to be here. Man, I'm glad you're here today. we got a whole lot of stuff that we're going to talk about today. I'm really happy that you're here. Um, I hate that your wife can't be here with you today, but I'm glad you're here, and uh, we'll talk more about your wife here in just a second. Actually, let's, let's just jump in right now. Okay, Tell me about your family.
1: Okay, so uh, I have a wife named mm-hmm. Krista. Yep. I call her Doctor Phipps. Doctor Phipps. Yep. What what sort of doctor? Well, she is she has her PhD okay. in counseling, so okay. yep. I respect that. Okay. So That's I good. have to go back and say, you know, she didn't ask me to say it. Ask ask her to say that, but yeah. or ask me to say that, but uh, yeah. So uh, we've been married for twenty seven years. Goodness, how, we, old are, how old are you, man? So we met at Hickory Grove. That's where we actually met. Wait, that, I, I skipped that first. Yeah. Oh. Please. Okay. Okay. There you go. <clears throat> you don't need. To, we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, yeah, we met at Hickory Grove mm-hmm. uh, when we were. I was in tenth grade and she okay. was in eighth grade. Okay. And uh, we started kind of
0: going together. Yeah. We I, didn't really date. That was a good term, going together. Yeah. I mean, that's just what you had to use when you were younger. I used to say it to my to my parents, Dad. I, I like to go with this girl, and he'd be like, Where? <laughs> Yeah, Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, Yeah,
1: so uh, we started liking each other, going together. Couldn't date officially because she was not sixteen. Her family would say, you know. So our dates are going together would consist of being each other with each other at church, Mm -hmm. and then like if her family went out to eat or Mm -hmm. my family, we'd we'd go spend time together during that time. So So you've
0: been at wait, tenth grade. You've been at Hickory Grove a long time.
1: Yeah, yeah. I grew up at Hickory Grove.
0: Oh wow. Okay.
1: Like my parents. Came to Hickory Grove when I was three years old. Wow. So I wow. grew up in Charlotte, okay. and that's where I'm from, which you don't meet a lot of people that You're say, a unicorn is what they say, right? Is that what they say? Yeah, I heard that, like that, and I didn't yeah. know what that meant, mm-hmm. but that's fine. So, uh, yeah, so I I grew up in Charlotte, um, went to Albemarle Road Junior High School, mm-hmm. went to Independence High School. Independence. Um, one year behind Pastor Clint, so mm. saw him in high school, got to... Hang out with him some. You went to it. high school with Pastor Clint. Yeah. What was that yeah. like? Oh, uh, you know, it was it was great. We'll uh, cut all this portion out. <laughs> yeah, please. <clears throat> I won't say anything else though. Um. Anyway, so yeah, growing up in Charlotte and uh, going to Hickory Grove, and uh, like I said, started at three years old. But um, got to know Krista during that time. Middle school, high school, or junior high, and high school, mm-hmm. and uh, we dated. Really, um, from that point on, okay. we br- now we did break up uh, one one year or half a year. Oh, boy. It was like my uh, I was a senior in high school, mm-hmm. and uh, she was a tenth grade in high mm-hmm. school, and so you know we say it a little differently. Mm-hmm. I say she broke up with me. She says that I broke up with her. Mm. So, uh, but that didn't last too long. We actually yep. started dating again when I was in college, and I finished four years of college. Where at uh, Wingate. College now it's Wingate University, but it's Wingate College.
0: Mm, wow. Okay. You know, yeah. Doctor Questionberry went to school there. He did. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay.
1: Yep. Yeah. So uh, yeah, so that's where um, I, when I finished four years, I felt God call me into the ministry, and I looked at Krista. She was she had finished two years at UNCC. Okay. And um, that's when I felt God call me into the ministry, and at that point, the place that. People recommended for us to go to seminary was actually out in Texas, Southwestern. Southwestern, okay. Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. But I had a choice at that point. Do I just go out there by myself or do I take this woman mm-hmm. to be my wife mm-hmm. and let's go together? Mm-hmm. So I asked her dad, what do you think? He was fine with it. So uh, we got married after. I mean, she was 20 when I was 22. Wow. And
0: uh so yeah, we got married, moved to Texas, but that's 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 us how we kind of came together. Okay, Kristen. So then after after seminary, so you stayed out there for so two years. You, two years, okay. <clears throat> and then where did you go from there? So, the,
1: you know, when we left Hickory Grove, I, I just I was always told, man, you just go wherever you're supposed to mm-hmm. go, and I thought we would be far from home because mm-hmm. both of our families were in Charlotte. Okay, and so but we had no when we first left we had no thought of coming back to Charlotte. Mm -hmm. But uh, we talked to several churches when I was getting to graduate and actually Hickory Grove called us and said listen we want to take our student ministry and split it into a middle school and a high school ministry and would you be interested in coming back into a middle school ministry. And uh, uh, surprisingly it was not a oh yeah let's definitely go back Mm -hmm. because we were like do we want to go back to our home church? Yeah, it'd be great to be with family, but do we want to go back there? So uh, we prayed through it. And I mean, it took us it was a six month process just thinking through it. Oh, wow. And talking to them. Mm -hmm. uh, And so we finally decided we felt like this was the place to go back Mm -hmm. to. And I was because I was going in this youth ministry. I was a student pastor Mm -hmm. and that's what I wanted to do. I feel like God's calling my life at that point was to minister, to love students and to point them to Christ and to disciple students. Um, So, yeah, we came back to Charlotte at that point. I was the middle school pastor. At hickory grove
0: nice now um you had a pretty significant event happen while you were younger oh yeah yeah. are are you okay to talk about it today is it too soon no i think i'm ready man i feel good about it tell us a story man i've I've heard about the story i'm not sure if i got the full story from you before i just kind of heard about it so won't you
1: okay yeah so what i'm getting ready to tell you and the world is what I've been told. In other words, I do not remember any of this. Oh, wow, Yeah. okay. Because what happened is the, 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 the uh, situation that happened or the, the thing that happened is I got hit by a car. I mean, okay. I got hit by a car right at Hickory Grove Baptist Church, the oh, intersection gosh. of Hickory Grove Road and Harris Boulevard. And so I tell you that I don't remember any of it because I don't remember any of that day what happened and the week after just no memory of it Wow now that doesn't mean I was unconscious or anything it was just I, my memory was gone mm. at that point So this everything I'm gonna tell you is just Hearsay. I've, I've, here's yeah mm-hmm. what people have told me mm-hmm. so um, yeah so uh, we every Wednesday night we'd be at church me and my friends I was just a thing to do we'd do Wednesday night dinner well between Wednesday night dinner and you know before we'd go to what we did that those that night with our youth, the youth group, um, we would go across the street, cross Hickory Grove Road, and we would go to, it used to be called Fast Fair. It was a convenience store. Okay, And then we'd go buy candy. I mean, we'd just go stock up on candy and mm-hmm. stuff. So that was just a trip thing we'd do every week, mm-hmm. you know, with a few of us. A lot of kids would do it, but we, we did it. And by the way, I think I was like in eighth or ninth grade. Okay. Um, that's how young I was. I didn't really, Krista was there, my wife, but she we were not mm-hmm. dating or going together at that point. But, um, so yeah, so. We went out, and we got to the road. Traffic, because it was about 5.30, you know, 5 Mm o'clock traffic. Mm -hmm. And this is what I was told. I was told there there were three of us, me and two buddies. And one guy said, all right, let's cross. He started crossing. He said, took off. And I was like, okay, let's go. I took off. Well, there was a turning lane there, turning left, Mm -hmm. onto Harris Boulevard, off of Hickory Grove Road. And... The other traffic was stopped at the light but that traffic was going or started going mm-hmm. so when i came across they said what happened is the the side mirror of this uh it was a bronco hit the back of my head they say i flipped up in the air f- my shoes came flying off my shoes came flying off and i i landed on the ground
0: oh my gosh
1: yeah. <clears throat> so uh i you know Here's, here's one of the crazy things, is I had no broken bones, um, no blood, nothing like that. I mean, it wasn't like, okay, but they said I was acting crazy. I mean, to the point where when the paramedics came, they looked at my mom, because everybody came in from the church, oh, yeah. or they came running running into the church and said, hey, Matt Phipps has been hit by a car. And so a bunch of people came out there. My mom was there. She came out there. The paramedics looked at her and said, listen, we don't think we need to take him to the hospital, but." He, he's acting like he's on drugs, which I've, I've never done any kind of drugs, alcohol, or anything in right, my life. Right. So <laughs> my mom was like, no, you're crazy. Mm-hmm. And fortunately, my mom had the, uh, the wisdom to say, no, I want you to take him to the hospital because mm. something's not right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I went to the hospital and um, stayed actually two weeks in the hospital. The first week, uh, they tell me it was pretty serious whoa um yeah so i i was like i think i had blood clot on my brain and they said it was pretty serious where you know either hey we're gonna have to go in there and release uh the pressure or whatever, the pressure yeah. on the brain and um <clears throat> so I, again i don't remember any of that mm. but suddenly it's like i remember waking up into the hospital and i was like what's going on And when i when i came to again it was I was awake, but mm-hmm. my mind wasn't there. Mm-hmm. So when I realized what was going on, I, I mean, I was like, "What's going? What is going on here?" And they said, "Oh, you've been hit by car." I was fine. They were like, "Oh, you're pretty good now. I mean, you've pulled through it." Wow. Yeah. So anyway, that's man, that's, that's pretty major story. in my life, man. I mean, my yeah. mom's like, "You you you probably should have died." Wow. Yeah, no <laughs> yeah. doubt. But here's the crazy thing. So yeah. afterwards, the the re you know just going back and trying to get back into school and stuff. It was about a month into it, and um, I looked at my mom. and I said, "Mom." you know, um, I don't think I can smell. She was like, what? I said, I, I have a problem smelling. So she was like, what do you, so we kind of walked through that. And she said, well, I'm just taking you to the doctor. Mm-hmm. So I went to the doctor and, uh, the doctor, I told him everything that happened and, uh, he, he like got a bar of soap or something and said, can you smell this in this nostril? Can you smell it? in This nostril?" Mm-hmm. I was like, no, I can't smell. I didn't have a cold or anything. And so they came to determine that something being hit by the car, because I got hit in the back of the head, mm-hmm. somehow it knocked my sense of smell out. And to this yeah.
0: day, I can't smell. It's probably jammed up your uh, olfactory <laughs> yeah. sensors. Yeah. Yeah, I know a little something. <clears throat> Man. So anyway, that's just kind because some people
1: ask me, I mean, you know, well, it's, it's still a, a joke. story. They're like, hey, do you smell that? And I'm like, I, I can either look at them and say, yeah, whatever, or I just go, no.
0: I so all smell. those times when... We're at staff meeting down at Harris, and we want to go run across and get some pizza or whatever. And we just take off running. You're you're always, I notice you're always lagging behind. Yeah, you're man. Probably why. That's the hey, spot when right I get there, to huh? a street, I'm careful. Hey, you are, we, we run together. You yeah. you run a lot. You run a whole lot, actually. Well, when I get to a road, I'm like, hey,
1: let's look both ways.
0: Yeah, but I'm like, hey, let's go. Yeah, and I'm you're like, kind of lagging me, behind a little trust bit. Trust me. You know? Don't do it. Gerald, obey. Well, there's no more Broncos on the road now, so <laughs> we, we should be pretty good. Yeah, what's a Bronco? <laughs> uh, I mean, right? We, we should be pretty good. So let's talk about, okay, so you came as the middle school pastor, but you've, you've done everything at Hickory Grove except be the senior pastor,
1: right? Right. I have no desire to do that,
0: by the way. Right. There you go. There you go. But, I mean, maybe even you've led worship and stuff. I mean, you've done, I mean, you've done done—you've held, like, every position in the church. Pretty much something like that.
1: Well, you know, a couple of years doing middle school, being the middle school pastor, um, um, our high school pastor left Mm -hmm. uh, to do a local ministry here in Charlotte. And uh, I took over the student ministry. And uh, so kind of became the high school pastor slash student pastor. Mm -hmm. And even when we uh, opened up the Mallet Creek campus, I kind of oversaw that. Oh, wow. uh, Yeah, so, which I loved it. I mean, it was great. Mm -hmm. And we hired a couple other guys to help me out and stuff. But so I spent 10 years doing youth ministry. Okay. Which, you know, I look back and it was, I loved it. Mm -hmm. It was great. Um, But after that 10 years, at some point, I knew that, hey, this was, God was moving in a different direction. Mm -hmm. But kept us at Hickory Grove. Mm -hmm. So I started working with adults. um, Did work with some um, technical production. Mm -hmm. Did not do the technical production, but just... Kind of led that ministry communication I still do some of that
0: but uh, yeah I, I think when I first came here <clears throat> ten years ago you were over that area right and um, so yeah I, I remember working with you with some technical things up here at Ya yep. Creek yes that's true uh,
1: but yeah and now just work with adults uh, specifically you know Kristen and I um, we have a heart for marriages mm-hmm. and uh, we we work specifically with Young married couples, mm-hmm. um, even in Sunday school and things like that, we're involved in a newlywed class. Not that we're newlyweds, but right. um, just investing into young couples, mm-hmm. and also just in meeting with other couples. Um, you know, we, we love to sit down and invest into
0: marriages. Yeah, yeah. Now that's a good that's a good segue. Let's let's talk about let's talk about your uh, your class that you taught at the Malabar Creek campus. Uh, last semester, <clears throat> you and Krista talked um, a class on marriage. So maybe give us a like a, a Cliff's Notes version of the class. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, a few years ago, um, just as we looked at we studied more about marriage and just just having a, a better biblical foundation in marriage. Um, I read. Uh, John Piper's This Momentary Marriage. It's a good book. And it just helped me understand more um, to, ha- to have a Christ-centered marriage, how to have a Christ-centered marriage, and to really bring the gospel into your marriage, And uh, which Paul talks about in Ephesians 5. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's not like it's new, anything new. Right. It's in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, so we kind of walk through this whole idea of what we call the class, Marriage and the gospel. Um, and, and so the big idea there, Gerald, is is just the more as believers we understand the gospel.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And when I say the gospel, just I mean you can sum it up by saying really God, man, Christ response, which mm-hmm. we can explain that a little bit more. But you know, the more you understand what Christ did mm-hmm. for the church, um, and how we as the husbands are supposed to love our wives as mm-hmm. Christ loved the church, and and the roles in marriage. Um, you, you have to have a better understanding of the gospel. So we kind of go in that class looking first at the gospel. Mm-hmm. I mean, we walk through understanding who God is, understanding the condition of the human heart and our sinful nature mm-hmm. and understanding more of what Christ did. And, and when I say what Christ did, it's not just, I mean, we teach this in the class, we don't just say, okay, Christ died for you on the cross and you're forgiven, you're going to heaven. So this is how you need to live. Oh, we, we go in depth of what Christ did in his life um, and his death mm-hmm. and what that means to um, have Jesus lord of your life and understanding. so so it's it's it it builds a great foundation because when you turn around and look at somebody when you look at a husband and say hey you need to love your wife as Christ loved the church mm-hmm. if they don't understand the gospel if they don't understand how Christ loved the church mm-hmm. then how are they going how is this right. going to work That's how's good. ephesians going to even make any sense it's good so even the church, how the church submits to Christ, and if, if the if the Bible calls the wives to submit to husbands, is the church submits to Christ? If they don't understand that,
0: mm-hmm.
1: so yeah, we go back and talk about that, and uh, that's kind of the big picture of it. And then yeah. we get into some detailed stuff of just mm-hmm. practical things of, yeah. you know, marriage roles. And I mean, we start, you know, one of the things we start with is just
0: what are issues in marriage. Mm-hmm. Let's talk <laughs> about let's talk about some of that. I mean there there are there are people currently in our church that um marriage is hard i mean they're 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 going through a hard time in their marriages and um and it's just creating havoc i mean everywhere and so it's not just our church i mean you hear of um marriages falling apart um all over it's definitely within our culture um so let's, let's talk about what, what are some of the yeah. issues that, that are facing marriages. Well, you're, you're right
1: about it, it's Christian marriages that are suffering. Mm-hmm. We see even in a greater number today. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's like, well, Christian marriage is supposed to survive through this, right? right? Well, yeah, but what's happening? So, yeah, the issues in marriages, I mean, we, we, we ask like in the class, we say, list, we just list on a board, um, tell us what you think issues are in marriage, mm-hmm. marriages. And like communication, of course, is huge. You know, it right. comes up and just saying, man, especially early on. Hey, first year marriage, we're, we're having an issue already communicating with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so communication is huge. Um, even the whole thing of this kind of goes to when you first get married. Just, hey, it's not about me anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. I've been just by myself here. Yeah, we've mm-hmm. dated or whatever, we've been engaged, but it's one thing when you're now twenty four seven pretty much um, with your with your spouse so just how to live in that situation um, but also dealing with like in-laws you know i mean mm-hmm. we'll hear, we will hear a couple say well this is how i did it growing up mm-hmm. and that so i'm gonna support my parents in the way we did this or mm-hmm. what they say i mean that leads to big time conflict mm-hmm. because you're still thinking you have not uh separated yourself from you know when you get married you leave so that separation hasn't happened, at least mentally, maybe. Mm-hmm. you know? Yes, spiritually. So um, couples deal with that, just how to deal with in-laws. And then you start dealing with questions that come up like, um, how are we going to do our checking and mm-hmm. our money? How do mm-hmm. we deal with that? Money's a big thing, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, money's a huge thing. Uh,
0: how to raise kids, mm-hmm. how to discipline. Intimacy. Intimacy. I mean, that's, In- a, that's huge. Intimacy. Those, are, those yeah. are big issues, yeah. There's issues yeah. there, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I remember. Um, you know, I I do some uh, premarital counseling and stuff. My my wife and I um, would we'll do that from time to time, and um, most of most of our sessions are how to communicate with one another, um, because that that's a that's a huge key. There's so many things to communicate about, and if you if you can learn how to communicate those things, learn how to be vulnerable and just open and honest, then I think it leads to a better understanding of each other and the needs that, that are there. Right. Whereas if you don't do well with talking to each other, communicating your needs or your desires or whatever, then that, that could lead to trouble.
1: Okay. So yeah, the, c- the communication is so important. The problem is we can look and try to fix communication and say, here's how you better communicate. but. If, if a husband or wife or both have a, a mentality of, well, you need to do better in your mm. communication. You need to do, right. I, in other words, what we see a lot of in marriages, and I know you see this too, I mean, we just see it in life, is it's almost the selfishness comes out mm-hmm. in marriages. So even in communicating, we, it's almost like you got to deal with that in t- in order to better communicate. Mm-hmm. so. Um, I, I, one of the books I, I also recommend is Tim Keller's Meaning of Marriage. Mm-hmm. And book. one of the things he talks about in there is the me marriage, just the history of marriage, and it's become a really me focused. And that's a lot of the culture in our what we what what that's done to us is, and I and he talks about this too. And I love this illustration. I hate it, but I love it. Um, I hate that we have to use this, but it's but it's so practical. Marriages today are um, so consumer driven Mm -hmm. it's a consumer relationship Mm -hmm. so so the the illustration is one illustration is like gerald just looking at you or looking at us but looking at you and saying um what's your favorite restaurant you know think about the restaurant that you're you're Mm -hmm. like man this is a go-to restaurant me and my family yeah okay well you go there probably for what reasons i mean why
0: would you pick that restaurant Mm, well it's bad daddy's (laughs) and the food is excellent okay so you got good food Good service. I mean typically, you know, it's it's not a yeah. you know, it's clean. I, I like a clean place. Yeah, I don't, absolutely. You know, wanna eat in a dirty place, whatever, but
1: yeah. So Well that's you know, most of the time when we do something like that, when we go to a restaurant, we're looking for good food, good service and, and clean. Sure. Being clean. Well, you know, in a consumer relationship with, with um bad daddies, mm-hmm. um you know, if the food is bad one time when you get the burger, it's like, Man, this burger's horrible. Mm-hmm you'll forgive them one time and sure. say, you know, I'll come sure. back. But if you go back and maybe the next time the service is bad and maybe the burger's bad again, and then maybe three or four times you go back and you're like, man, it's, it's gotten bad. Mm-hmm. you you have the right to say, I'm not, we're not going back. Right. Until they change. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what people do in marriage these days. Unfortunately, they look mm-hmm. at it as, listen, you're not meeting my needs anymore. I mean, listen, when we got married, um, you know, we, we got along so well and I felt like you. we got married because you met my need which mm. is a, not the greatest way to look at it you don't sure. want to get married so somebody will meet your needs sure. but people look at it and say okay you're not meeting my needs and unfortunately they look to other areas to meet their needs mm. now sometimes it is a relationship a lot of times it's another relationship mm-hmm. now that relationship could be a, um, a person of the opposite sex mm-hmm. which, is, which is not good um, but they see, hey, you're meeting my need,
0: right. you know, or it could be just, and, and it's not necessarily a, a physical thing, right? Emotional connection outside of the oh, home, man, Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it
1: could be a, it could be like, hey, I'd rather go uh, gaming with the guys, you know, online gaming,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and do that because I found I find that meets my need mm-hmm. greater than being with my wife. Yeah. I mean, you have people saying stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're going to – or, uh, you know, a wife might say, man, I, I feel greater going to hang out with the girls mm-hmm. just to – that's where I get my significance, my need. Or, that, or
0: even like a, um, like going to the gym. Like absolutely. I feel like I've heard about several – Ladies go go to the gym together and they're at this gym and they're, you know, it's like a subculture there and they're kind of sucked into it and relationships form there and then, you know, those kinds of things happen, you know? And, um, so I I guess really that subculture, you know, with the online gaming for guys or, you know, whatever, those subcultures exist and they're there and we've got to be mindful of those, those kind of things. one, One of the things I wrote down was, um, a lack of common goals, hmm. and uh, you know, so if like, if you've got the husband over here doing his thing, and then the wife over here doing her thing, and they never have a their thing, then it ends up being, you end up kind of separating more and more. And then even so, I mean, if you carry that even further, then you think about when they're empty nesters and the kids are kids are gone hmm. away at school or adult children gone and married or whatever. Now you got these two people who have spent all this time doing their own thing; that they don't even know each other anymore. And it's even worse if they've really not invested into their commonality, yeah. you know? No, that's right. And,
1: and just going back to that me marriage thing, it becomes then, hey, you know what? I'm ready to get out of this. Yeah. I'm ready to get out of this thing. And because of what, how easy it is today, um, and, and people say, well, that's the solution is to get out of the mm. situation. Golly. And it's so easy. They just say this. So they don't go back to realize that this is a covenant relationship. Uh, and that's, that's just understanding biblical marriage, Mm -hmm. you know, just understanding that it's not a, it's not a contract based on, Hey, if you do this, then, uh, if you break something in this contract, then I can get out of Mm -hmm. this. It's a
0: covenant. Yeah. Yeah. So how how does how does the church play a part in that? Like where does a church come into play when it, when it comes to, uh, people's marriages? Well,
1: yeah, I think the first thing
0: is, is making sure we do a good
1: job of educating or equipping couples to understand
0: what marriage is Mm um have have you ever counseled someone to not get married like have you ever sat across from them and said hey you know y'all y'all might need some more time
1: yeah fortunately not at this point i have not yeah most of the time it's you know it's it's been good situations yeah yeah that's good but you know sometimes afterwards you go man maybe that shouldn't happen Mm -hmm. but um, but yeah, I think it's because people don't understand what a Christian marriage is. Mm-hmm. Like going back to the class when we teach that, we say we add, one of the questions is, "Hey, what um, what is a marriage? What is marriage?" Mm-hmm. And we get feedback, and then we say, "What is Christian marriage?"
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you know, most time Christian marriage, well, it's two Christians that get married. Well, that's great, but you know what? So we you know it's good to educate and equip our people to go back to first of all look at Genesis chapter one and two, mm-hmm. specifically chapter two, and say this is this is the Creation Mm -hmm. uh, ordinance—that's in the Bible before the um, fall—and it's it's what God's ordained to happen. And uh, to to really unpack that and start looking at that, and then of course you go from there, and you got to understand we have to have people understand that. Yes, then there's Genesis chapter three, Mm -hmm. right? And and, you know, I read books, and it says this in the in the books we read, but it is so true that. You've got to understand about Genesis chapter 3 that you you are still married, or when you get married, you're married to a sinner. Mm-hmm. And you are still a sinner. Mm-hmm. And you you are married in a sinful world. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the truth. I think people think that, yeah. hey, we're, we're going to get married, and you're the perfect person because you came and, you know, you meet my needs, and you're perfect. And then you get married, and you're like, oh, wait, you're not perfect.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: yeah. <laughs> but understanding that, and then, of course, going through the Bible and, um, you know, looking at what Christ said as he basically went back to Genesis and said, "Yes, this is what marriage is, and then mm-hmm. of course Paul i mean, I go back to ephesians five but but that 's the key is equipping our people to understand what marriage is marriage roles and mm-hmm. things like that
0: so let's let 's talk about when things don't go well when things are not going well um, give me give me your thoughts on like, what's the first thing someone can do, a husband or a wife who is in a marriage, and things aren't going well? Like, what are some things they can look to, or is there some sort of a standard they can kind of measure up to and say, okay, well, you know, I'm not doing this, or maybe I'm not praying enough for my spouse, or maybe these things are happening. I don't know. Is there something that people can say, oh, this is this is why things are falling apart, or this is why things are difficult right now? Is there anything yeah. out there? I mean, I'll tell you
1: this, Gerald, and, and this, the first thing I would tell you to answer that question is probably an answer that people go, oh yeah, that, whatever, but they blow past this answer. Mm-hmm. And that is really, you've got to go back and look at your personal relationship with Christ and yeah. God. I mean, where is that? But people want to avoid that, because right. they're like, well, you know, I'm, I'm fine, I mean, mm-hmm. like, we go to church. Mm-hmm. But if you really look and say, how is your relationship with God? Right. Are you reading the Word of God mm-hmm. daily? Are you praying? Are you? Do you have community of believers? Mm-hmm. You know, do, are you involved in the community? Because that's, I mean, if if you if we're honest with people, that's one of the first things you got to you
0: have to look mm-hmm. at. So if that relationship with the Lord is messed up, how could your relationships with people be? Oh, be
1: absolutely. Right? Well, right. that's the issue is how can you fix your marriage and have that attitude mm-hmm. of. Which this is what, what I would encourage people is, you know, are you praying daily for things like God help me to have a an attitude of, uh, uh, you know, a spirit of gentleness, mm-hmm. you know, praying through the uh, fruits of the spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you can't walk through the fruits of the spirit and apply that to your relationship with your wife, mm-hmm. then how are you expecting to go back and with your spouse? How, how are you expecting to go back and, and be like, hey, let's work this out? Right i mean you know and and so again it's tough i'm not saying it's it's easy but you got to kind of look at that but i wouldn't just look at a couple and say okay do that and get out of here right go for because that's that's tough but i think that's where you start you have to start evaluating where you are in your relationship with god Mm -hmm. Um, because that way you can't be approached in other words if if i'm not walking with god and somebody came up to me and said matt this is the things i would encourage you in your Mm -hmm. in your marriage it's going to be hard to go Oh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm receiving that, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. so you've got that. And then um, I'll, I would say a couple of things of some next steps. Um, obviously, you try to talk through this stuff with your spouse when it's a little um, you don't want to do it when you're arguing with each other. Right. I and mean, right. you don't I mean, honestly, I know some people say, well, you shouldn't go to, you know, if you're arguing with your spouse, you shouldn't go to bed. You should get it right before you go to bed. Mm-hmm. Well, sometimes it's better to go to bed and get some right. sleep, right. talk about it the next day. Yeah, you know, if if you know, let some time pass. Yeah, yeah. because man, let let your. Krista always says this in counseling, is it's like, listen when you're, when your heartbeat gets a certain rate, uh, rate,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you're not thinking right. Right, right. So I mean, when you get an argument, your 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 heart, mm-hmm. and and you just you're gonna say things that you're not you right. don't need to say.
0: Yeah.
1: So it's like, whoa, whoa, back off, mm-hmm. and that's not coming to your spouse with a spirit of gentleness or um love patience kindness um so yeah so i would say you know try to work that out with you know just talking but here's a couple other things i would say um you know first of all it's good to have another and i would say somebody that's maybe almost a mentor another mm-hmm. couple hmm that has some experience in mm-hmm. marriage and has been married for a while, mm-hmm. that you can say, that's a go-to couple that I can talk to, mm-hmm. just godly people that I can go to. We all need that in our lives. Mm-hmm. Now, I think there's too many that we, couples that don't have that in their lives because they're sure. scared of it or they just don't know who to go to. Mm-hmm. So I would encourage people at Hickory Grove to say, okay, help, help me find a Christian couple that I can go to. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, so that's a that's a place to go to and say, "Hey, we need we need some things. Pray for us. This is what we're going through. Just to talk things through. It's good to have some other people involved in the conversation." Obviously, a pastor, you know, to go to a pastor and be honest. Um, I think sometimes couples are scared to to bring up in the church to a pastor or another couple. This is what we're dealing with. Because that's I mean, when they when you hear the word counseling. Mm-hmm. People sometimes think counseling's a bad word,
0: right? Right. You know.
1: Oh well, no, we're not. We're not. If, if you think we need help, then we must be bad people, and mm-hmm. you're going to look down on us. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, me and you as pastors, I and mean, we're here. We're here to help shepherd. Right. And we want to shepherd couples.
0: Well, now part of it also is there's a lot of people that come to church week in and week out, put a smile on their face. They're, they've been screaming, screaming at each other. Yeah. You know, we we we've all heard you know these kind of stories. They're screaming at each other on the way. To the church, to get in the parking lot. When the doors come open, it's like, "Hey, how's it going? Everything's great." Blah blah blah, you know. <clears throat> and they come into church, and they're all smiles, and everything seems to be going well. And everyone wants to portray that. No one wants to um, kind of live out in the open, saying, "Hey, man, we're we're having a hard time. We're having a hard time." Yeah. And so people people want to put their best foot forward, and and off, oftentimes it's a um, it's a lie. You know, and so I guess one one of my questions would be, how do we help that couple? Like, let's say there's a husband or or a wife that one one of the one of them is um, living in some sort of sin, um, or they're uh, they're not walking with the Lord and have decidedly just said, you know, we're not, you know, I'm not I'm not in this anymore. What happens at that point? What's the What's the prayer of the other spouse what like how and and how can we as pastors or the church, how can we come along and provide some accountability and some care? Um, what are some things that, that we can do in situations like that?
1: Well, <clears throat> the first thing to do, either pastors or even just church members, is to be open to listen
0: mm-hmm.
1: I mean, even if it's just sitting down and I mean, if you if you can sit down with both of them, mm-hmm. that's great. But like you said, sometimes that's not going to happen. Right. So it's good to sit down and let someone just kind of s- spill it out yeah. Just say, man, this is what I'm going through. Um, and for us, not necessarily to have the perfect solution right there, but just to walks just to begin that walking side by side with with somebody <clears throat> or another couple. Mm-hmm. Because, again, sometimes we as Christians, Want to want to fix something real fast? Right. We want to say, well, here's what you do. If you're having issues with your marriage, like I said earlier, uh, you need to have a better relationship with God. Go home, pray about it, and everything will be fine. Mm-hmm. And that's not, you know, that's not right. Um, you you listen uh, and and take it in, and then and even in listening, especially if you just have one uh, of the couple uh, spouses there, knowing that that's one side of it. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got to be careful not to. If you hear one side to go, oh man, yeah, that husband, your husband or your wife is, man, I, that's horrible. Mm-hmm. You're, what you're saying is pretty bad, so I, I think you need to get out of it or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, you gotta say, okay, I hear what you're saying, and you listen, and you encourage them and just, you gotta, in a way you have to turn it around to where, um, to, just, to look at that this one spouse and say, hey, I hear what you're saying about them, but let's talk about you. Mm. Yeah, you
0: good. know, and say where are you? How's your walk? What can we? Mm. What can I do to help you? Encourage you? And that person needs to be open and honest about yeah. All that. Yeah, you know, I remember when when my wife and I were first married. We we've been married now eighteen years. <clears throat> when Tammy and I were first married, we had you know the first two years were just difficult. You know, you're, um, you know, you have this person that you uh, really love and care for, but then it's like they move into your space. Now you're sharing space and. Tammy likes to, you know, share toothpaste and all that kind of stuff. And I don't, I just don't do well with that kind of stuff. I have issues. I, I know I do, which is why I don't want Krista here yet. Cause I, I got some issues to work through anyway. Um, she does
1: she says she wants to, spend yeah, I, I bet, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> so, listening. and watching. It, yeah.
0: Right. Right. <laughs> so anyway, um, but we had a, a couple friend of ours. Um, th- there's a, a guy who's a evangelist. His name is Scott Smith and been friends with him for years. We've been friends for a long time. And, um, You know, when when we would go lead worship or he'd preach at a revival or whatever, we were always there together. And um, I remember just sitting up sometimes late at night saying, man, this is this is what's happening. And he's asking me pretty direct questions. Hey, man, how's your marriage? How are you treating your wife? How's this going? How's this going? And, you know, the first couple of times it was always, oh, yeah, things are great, man. The Lord's blessed us and blah, blah. And It's just pride swelling up in me Mm -hmm. because I don't want to admit that I've got any sort of issues or whatever. And um, every time I'd see him, he'd ask me more questions about my marriage. And it got to the point where he could sniff out, you know, there's some things going, going on in there. I mean, nothing absolutely terrible, you know, but still some, just some difficulties, you know. And so he, uh, he gave me some ideas, and one of them was, um, well, he, he calls it the three Ds. He talked about um, every day, dying, dying daily. Every day, try to eat one meal together, even if it's getting up early in the morning and just drinking a cup of coffee together. But the whole idea is to having that time set aside where you can communicate every day, uninterrupted time of just talking. So dine daily is one of them. The other one was uh, date weekly. Um, you know, and uh, again, there is just making time for your spouse, making time, put the cell phone down. Um, you know, um, Tammy and I would put our children down when, when they were younger, we'd put them down early one evening and she'd make some dessert or whatever. And we'd watch a movie and it was just our time to be together and uninterrupted time. And the <coughs> third one was depart yearly. Just have that time where you can just get away. Even if it's just for one night, just get away and have that time together. It's just you and your spouse. And those kinds of things are, those kinds of things help. Okay. But, um, sometimes these marriages get past that, past that point. Sometimes things just come off the rails. Now, you know, we're not going to solve every marriage issue, obviously, in the, you know, few minutes that we have here in this podcast, but how, um, how can we help the person who is going through a terrible marriage right now or just terrible problems in their marriage? How can we help that couple? Yeah. To maintain a christ honoring marriage um, what what are some things you can say now to those people um, whether it's here's some resources or here's some help or yeah um, I think you know as you
1: walk with them alongside them um, i think I think counseling is a good option, yeah and Sometimes, hopefully, it can be both of them coming in, the mm-hmm. husband and the wife. But uh, even if it's just the wife or the husband just walking through some stuff. Mm-hmm. Biblical counseling um, here at the church, obviously, you know, that's one of the things Krista does. But um, I think that's important. Couples counseling, you know, mm-hmm. if it's a pastor. Like, Krista and I do counseling with couples. Um, but if it's just the one-on-one, just to help them walk through that. Because, again, it's if they've gotten to the point where it's it's— it's like, I don't even know if this is going to work out. Mm-hmm. Because we have, I mean, we've, I've, I've heard situations like that. Sure. In the church, hey, I don't know if this is going to work out at all. Um, you know, it, you definitely have to um, be there for them. We cannot as a church just say, well, sorry, you, you, your marriage is going to fail, so just get out of here. Right Now we've got to continue to encourage them, walk through this with them. Um, seek reconciliation, mm-hmm. you know, um, and that's where sometimes that that involves, you know, if a husband or wife is not willing to change or even come in,
0: because mm-hmm.
1: that's what I would say as a as a pastor. If a, if a if a guy came to me and said, Matt, this is what we're dealing with, um, I would say, would would you guys be willing to come in and talk? Mm-hmm. And if he's like, well, I am, or but she's not, mm-hmm. or if she's like, yeah, I'm willing to come in, map," but he's not, mm-hmm. then I would have to approach him specifically. Mm-hmm. And then if he's not willing to, then, I mean, unfortunately, we'll, you know, I, we've got to seek. We can't just ignore that. Right. You know, for the sake of the marriage and for the sake of the person who's going through this, mm-hmm. we, you know, it might be where we have to approach them, mm-hmm. uh, maybe a couple of people, you know, mm-hmm. do the biblical thing and walk, try to, now, if they completely ignore it, and you just have to go, again, your goal at that point is to support the spouse mm-hmm. who is saying, I'm here within the body of believers, the community, and I'm, I need help. And man, we that's, need to surround them.
0: That's hard, man, because, I mean, there's a lot of pride. There's a, a lot of uh, shame that's involved yeah. in that. And, the, I mean, like we, we see people who are flat out running from accountability. Yeah. They just Not don't good. want it. They run away from it. And, um, and that's difficult, you know. Um, several attempts of, hey, let's you know, let's meet up, let's talk, let's walk through this together. Um, when when that's just kind of pushed away, you know, um, the the main thing for a spouse to be able to do is just pray that the Lord would, yeah. would change their heart. Because it,
1: I, th- I think what people forget, what couples forget, or marriages for, forget, is, hey, you're this goes back to the marriage and the gospel. Mm-hmm. Your, your, your job is to glorify God and point people to the gospel through your marriage. Mm-hmm. And that's what we try to, we, we, we just teach here. Yeah. And people don't get that sometimes, but that's, it's like, and if you're not willing to be held accountable or you're not willing to walk through this with the church, then you're you're not honoring God. Mm-hmm. And and it is tough. And I hate to say, it, I know people get upset about that, but it's like, man, that's what you, you, you know, if, if you are a believer, mm-hmm. <laughs> if you are a Christian, it is just what you need to do. Yeah. But we're here for you. Yeah. Again, sometimes people think, well, the church is not going to help me. Yes, we're here to help. Mm -hmm. Uh, We might not be able to give every solution, um, but we're here to walk, again, that shepherding, that walking with them. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's a good thing. Well, Matt, again, you know, we're we're not in a position on a podcast like this where we can um, fix everything, even dive a little bit deeper into um, certain topics. Um, But, you know, as as you said earlier, we are available for... um, individual uh biblical guidance as pastors. Um uh, we, we have counseling available. Um it's not a shameful thing. Um if there are people that's out there that's uh dealing with some difficulties in their marriages, then they, they need to seek help. Yep. Living yes. in a community is a great thing. Um we try to provide that through Sunday school and small groups and stuff like that. And so um being open with your marriage with other people, um, talking about things that are good and bad, I think is a great thing. And so um, we encourage um, families and couples to uh, live in community um, and to seek out a pastor or seek out counseling whenever they need help. Um, you mentioned a couple resources, a couple books. John Piper's book, um, This Momentary Marriage, and also <clears throat> Tim Keller's book, The Meaning of Marriage. Both of those books are great. Um, we have those in our mm-hmm. resource center, mm-hmm. our bookstores. So um, feel free to come on and pick one of those up. But... Um, Matt, thank you so much for being here today. Um, I'd love to have you and Krista come back, but I, I don't need both of y'all kind of telling me what to do or telling me what's going on in my own head, and stuff like that. So I don't know if that's <laughs> going to happen, but I we'd mean, love you. to, man. Yeah, That'd yeah. be yeah. great. Right, I, I mean, right. it'd be good for Krista to sit right here and us just to... she has, she has <clears throat> She's a wealth of um, knowledge and wisdom. And so, anyway, uh, Matt, it's been great having you today. Yeah. I really Enjoy. appreciate the work you're doing with the young, young marrieds. Um, my wife and I teach Sunday school. Um, uh, young married adult class as well, so we've had lots of conversations about what that looks like and, and how to go, how, how to do things, and so y- you've been a, um, a great resource for my wife and I, and so uh, thank you for everything you've done all your years here at Hickory Grove, um, and we obviously pray for many more for you and for your bride and your family, so anyway. Thank you, Gerald. Uh, yeah, man, thanks for being here, and uh, thanks for tuning in.